Hey, you guys, what is going on? Welcome to the camera ads 10 pounds. That's right, 10. I'm your host, Peter Sears. What's up? And uh, before we start, just to let you guys know, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. Performa, they have all of your fitness accessory needs. I love them. They've got shaker cups, meal prep bags, meal prep containers, workout towels, the best workout towels. I'm serious. If you don't like any of their products, but you work out, I don't know how you wouldn't like any, but I'm just saying, this is just me. This is not, I'm not reading the ad. Um, Try their workout towel, and if you don't like their workout towel, I will give you your money back, personally. You're welcome. Um, Anyway, they got pill pill containers, you know, meal prep bags, meal prep containers, wrist straps. They have everything. All your fitness accessory needs. Go to Performa.com. Enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the word 10, the word pounds. You will save 15% off of your order. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplement. What? That's right. Get what? Get Bucked Up. Bucked Up is... My favorite supplement company, I've fallen in love with them. I've been working with them now for about a year, give or take. Uh, Everything you need, protein, creatine, arginine, glutamine, leucine, isoleucine, valine, (laughs) pre-workout, post-workout, intra-workout. They've even got, uh, I I know I said protein, but they've got, you know, they have a, a separate line for women that are expecting, so you don't have to worry about your baby coming out with two heads. Um, they call it bumped up, but anyway, they have all kinds of stuff. They even have sample packs, so if you're not, hey, I don't know if I want to try everything, try one of their sample packs. It's free. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling, so go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the number 10 and the word pounds, and you will save 20% off your entire order. Tell them Peter sent you what? All right, let's get this party started, you guys. <laughs> Yep, yep. What? 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 I actually have never seen because I don't have Hulu, but the song is called Arise, and I like it, and the group is called The Siege, so if you want a good workout song, I've added that to my repertoire. You know, I forget sometimes, so there it is. There you have it, okay? Um, I Yeah, I was here last week with you guys, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's been hard for me to keep track of everything. I have a million things going on, and... You know, I just wanted to check in with you guys. I'm going to start having guests back uh, within a week or so. I just want to do them in person um, and not, and I'm done with the Zoom thing unless it's like somebody huge that I really want to have that that maybe like is not in LA or something. But anyway, it's just me. And today I want to talk about a lot of things, but mainly um, as you guys may or may not know. I'm currently training for the LA Marathon. That's right. I've got about 17 days left before I hit the road running. And the reason why I wanted to talk to you about it today was, um, and also thank you for every guys that um, messaged me about staying in the Roach Motel. Um, I appreciate your concern. 
like I said, hopefully one day, not hopefully, one day I'll be big enough that I won't have to stay in the cheapest hotel or the cheaper hotel because it wasn't the cheapest. There were actually hotels that were cheaper. And now I'm like, fuck, what the fuck were going on with those hotels, you know? <laughs> um, but anyway, one day I won't have to stay in those hotels. And I can look back and be like, oh, yeah, remember that time I stayed in the fucking Roach Motel? <laughs> um, fuck you, Days in Chula Vista. You can suck my Chula Vista. Um, but I was in uh, Tucson last weekend. And if anyone was at the shows that is like, oh, wow, I'm a, I'm a big fan of his now and I'm listening to his podcast. I want to say one thank you for coming out, even though you didn't come out to see me. Um, maybe you're following me afterwards. I know I got some new followers after doing the shows there this past weekend, so thanks. Um, I had fun, man. Tucson, I mean, I guess it's it's a fine, I guess it's a f- fun city. And like, I mean, here's the thing. I'm a little bit older than some people. I'm younger than other people. But I'm kind of past the phase in my life where I need to go out and, like, party. You know, I mean, at least just go out, like, to a bar or to a club. Like, that stuff doesn't really interest me. Sorry. Nothing against anyone who it does interest. I'm just past that point in my life, man. Like, I went clubbing a million times. (laughs) Like, I mean, I'm talking, we used to go out, I used to go out from a time like I I turned 18 and started going to clubs. I mean, it was just part of my daily life. Like freshman year in college, I started, you know, we would go to um, the first club that I ever went to that was like a legit club was Club Metro in, I want to say it was like Riverside area. And I was just like, wow, like this is, there's all these girls, they're hot, they're dancing, I can dance, I can maybe dance with them, maybe they'll let me fuck them, I don't know, dude, you know, maybe. And then I remember, I remember, this is what I remember, they had, and you know what, I don't even know because that was, fuck dude, I was 18, so 24 years ago, <laughs> holy shit, dude, Adam. I've been going to clubs for 24 years. Isn't that crazy? I, I went to my first club 24 years ago. My brother's right here. That's crazy. Um, so anyway, I doubt that she still looks the same, but Club Metro used to have a go-go dancer. Her name was Dawn. And back then, she was hot as fuck. And I was in love, dude. Um, anyway, if you're, if, you're listening, if you're listening out there, Dawn from Club Metro... I mean, I'm spoken for, but, you know, just slide into the DM. Let me know you're doing okay. And hopefully you didn't let yourself go. Not that there's anything wrong with letting yourself go, but uh, I just get disappointed when I see that girls that I used to think were hot have let themselves go. Does that make me an asshole? Yep. Do I care? Nope. You know why? Because I haven't let myself go. So what's your fucking excuse? Oh, you have babies? Big fucking deal. I know a lot of women that have babies that are hot as fuck, so... You know, it's easy for you to say, Pete, you don't have babies. No, but I have fucking lower testosterone levels because I'm getting older and it, it would be just as easy for me to let myself go. I get it. It's hard. That's what this podcast is all about. Pushing past that feeling of, you know, I mean, just to go to the gym, you know, like I know I talked about it before, but sometimes like, okay, if we're just speaking in general terms, yes. Just working out and just doing something is better than not doing anything because a lot of people out there 
don't do anything. 100% I agree. But number two, uh, if you want to see results, because most people, I don't know actually, I'd probably do a survey, but I'm just going to put this out there. Most people that like go to a gym, you know, or go to like some kind of workout studio or anything like that, right? They go to the gym because they want to see results, right? And if that's the case, if you go because you want to see results, then sometimes you got to push yourself. So in that instance, just showing up and just kind of going through the motions is not going to help you. Now, if you're just working out because you want to be overall healthier and, you know, feel better and prolong your life, then yeah, anything you do is fine. But if you want to see results, stop fucking kidding yourself. You have to do more than just show up. Okay? That being said, I'm talking about being in Tucson and not going out. So anyway, the point that I was trying to make was I've been clubbing since I was 18, dude. And once I went, like I said, once I went to Club Metro, I was hooked. You know, we'd go to clubbing three or four nights a week, you know, I'd go, I I can recall all the clubs. Friday night was Club Metro. Saturday night, we had a choice. We could go to Club Metro or we could go to Rocks Club. And I want to say Rocks Club was also in Riverside. Um, Friday nights, we would go to In Cahoots, which was probably also in Riverside, now that I think about it, because I used to live in the 909 back then. And uh, so we had, and then we had Wednesday nights was Rocks Club. Okay, and then Thursday night was either Branding Iron or in Cahoots. Branding Iron was like in San Bernardino somewhere, um, and then Thursday night was also we could go to in Cahoots in Anaheim. I want to say is where the other one was. It might have been in Fullerton, but I think it was in Anaheim somewhere. I don't remember. It's been a while, you guys. I'm sorry, um, but basically. I had a choice, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday, ooh, what was Sunday night? Peppers, maybe? Fuck, I don't know. I don't remember, but anyway, the point is, you guys, from then on, and then I got older, and then I started going to clubs like in Hollywood, you know, I remember going to like the Palace, Florentine Gardens, the Key Club, which was, uh, if you guys remember the movie Night at the Roxbury, um, the club wasn't called the Roxbury, that was actually filmed at the Key Club, so going there, I never really went to like the Viper Room or any of those places, because I wasn't like rock and roll necessarily, Um, and then there was clubs, like I said, in the OC, Um, you know, and then I moved to Hermosa Beach at at a certain point, and then I would go to all those clubs, and then we would still go to clubs in Hollywood because it was right there. You know, we'd go to Mood or Garden of Eden. I could just keep listing all these fucking clubs that we used to go to. Um, and then I just kind of got older and, you know, were, was in relationships and whatever. And then at a certain point, I just kind of got tired of going to bars and clubs, dude. Like, you know, so... While Tucson has a university, and uh, the University of Arizona is in Tucson, and so right near the university, downtown Tucson, there's a whole strip, I don't even know, I want to say it's called Congress Avenue, maybe? Um, They have like bars and clubs and stuff, and 
I'll be honest, when I like one of the first weekends that I worked at that club in Tucson, I met these two lovely ladies at the show and they wanted to take me out. I think they wanted to do more than take me out if I'm being honest, but whatever. And uh, so I went out with them and I was like, holy shit, dude, this place is off the hook. It's a bunch of kids, you know? And, but now I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm not going to be the old guy at the club. Like it just, it doesn't interest me. I'm in a relationship, so I'm not trying to go get girls. I don't drink, you know, I just want to come back, listen to my set or watch my set, you know, maybe eat an edible and watch highlights and then watch a movie or a TV show or whatever and go to sleep. Like that's my routine. And then I wake up in the morning and I work out like, you know what I mean? So anyway, that's that. So I didn't go out, but um, on the schedule, I had uh, I was supposed to run 20 miles this past weekend because the marathon is, like I said, about 17 days away as I record this. And, you know, I started thinking, and it's like, obviously, I mean, not obviously, <laughs> maybe you don't know, but I don't plan on winning the marathon. Like, I'm not going to win. Okay, the person who wins the marathon, I don't remember what the guy's name was that won one of the marathons a couple months ago, but he set the world record for a marathon. He ran it in under two hours, which is fucking insane, dude. <laughs> Think about whatever your fastest mile time was, right? For me, my fastest mile time ever was probably like five minutes and 45 seconds or somewhere around there. I remember breaking six like one time. And so, yeah, one time. The person that broke, that set the world record for the marathon, it's very recently, is an Indian guy. And I'm sorry, I don't remember his name. Um, he broke two hours in the marathon, which, which is just fucking insane. Um, I did the math, and it comes out to an average mile time of four minutes and 36 seconds, okay? Now, just... Yeah, you heard me. Four minutes and 36 seconds, okay? So, I'm just going to put some things into perspective really quick, okay? Really quick, like... The the 400-meter world record, okay? The 400-meter record. That's the, the world record. 400 meters is one time around the track, okay? And a mile is four times around the track okay are you following me 400 one time mile 1600 meters four times okay the world record for the 400 meter is 43.03 seconds okay so i'm just trying to do some math here that's about 126 so it's just under three minutes right yeah um if they averaged that 43.03 pace for 400 meters. Obviously, under three minutes, but like that's a sprint, dude, okay? That's a sprint. Now, you're, you do the math, and you're like, okay, so a minute and 36 seconds longer, which is, yeah, slower, but this fucking person was able to maintain like just above that for 26.2 miles and I haven't even broken five minutes ever I broke six minutes once like it's just amazing okay but you know that's kind of leads up to this 
the subject and the theme of this podcast. But, um, you know, I woke up, so I, I, I got into Tucson on Friday. I did show, I did a show, I had a show in Havasu on Wednesday. Then I had a show in Kingman on Thursday. And then I had to drive to Tucson. So it's about a four and a half hour drive between Kingman and Tucson. No big deal. You know, it's my life. I didn't choose this life. It chose me, right? And, but going into it, so I had a choice. You know, I, I made sure I ran when I got to Kingman or when I got to Havasu, I ran. And luckily, you know, I was going to plan on running there anyway because I have to run a certain amount of days per week um, just to keep my miles up and whatever. Like there's different runs I do as I'm training for this marathon. Sometimes it's just you know, a short, you know, four mile run or a three mile run. Sometimes it's a little bit longer, like a seven and seven mile or eight mile run. Sometimes it's intervals, you know, it just depends. It's all designed to build you up, keep your stamina, help you push through that uncomfort zone, you know, and for me, you know, I've, I've done a couple of the really, I mean, I've done a few really long runs and they, you know, they, they've gotten bigger. So it was like, you know, a 13 and then a 14 and then a 15 and then a 16, 18 to build up to 20. You're supposed to get up to like 22 if you can. And I'm actually going to try to do that this weekend, even though I technically I'm supposed to taper off. I'm going to go one more week. It's okay. Um, but my point is, um, I got to have a Sioux and then I discovered there was a nice little running trail right along, like literally right outside my hotel room. Like my hotel room was facing the main street, which is, I want to say Havasu Boulevard or something. I don't remember what it was called, Havasu Road or whatever, but there's a trail, like a running path. And I was like, oh, perfect. Went out, did whatever. I don't even remember how far. I think I had to do like six or eight or something. I don't remember. Um, and then that night I was talking to some people after the show and they were telling me that, um, there is a trail, the trail goes like 13 miles from end to end. And I was like, man, I could literally run a marathon like along that trail, which is probably why they did it that way. And I wasn't sure how far, um, I wasn't sure what I was going to be able to do in Kingman. As far as running goes, like I didn't, I didn't really know if there was any running trails there. I've been to Kingman several times. I've stayed there several times on the way into Oklahoma or on the way into L.A. from Oklahoma. Um, I don't think I've ever stayed there on the way out because that wouldn't really make sense. It's usually where I stop for gas when I'm driving from L.A. to Oklahoma. I've done that drive so many times. I've got all the stops down. I've got all the places. I used to have all the places I was going to eat down, but... One of my uh, my stop in Flagstaff, there used to be a really good barbecue place in Flagstaff. I don't remember what it was called anymore. And they closed at some point during the pandemic, which really broke my heart because, you know, one of the things about being on the road is, you know, it, I mean, it's fun. It's cool to discover new places and new eating places. And for me, like new gyms and like, I love that, you know, and actually discovered uh, or not discovered, but I ended up working out at a gym in Kingman that was a complete shithole but it was also like a bodybuilder type gym so I was like okay well I could feel that but anyway point being is as cool as it is to discover new places there is kind of something of like a familiar familiarity as I'm on the road you know because it could be 
it gets lonely sometimes. Like, not like I'm crying, but like, it's like, man, like, it's cool. Like, I can't wait to the day when I'm a big enough headliner to be able to take people on the road with me, you know, instead of just going on the road and having to go somewhere by myself and then meeting whoever I'm either opening for or who is opening for me once I get there. Cause you know, it's, it's fun to be on the road with people that you know and are comfortable with, you know, I mean, like I, you know, sometimes it's cool when my girl comes, but you know, she doesn't always get to come with me. So anyway, um, point being is, uh, I'm very familiar with Kingman and I wasn't sure where I was going to run when I got there. So I just decided I was going to, since there's a path right outside my hotel that I would go ahead and run there, um, both Wednesday and Thursday before I left Havasu to go to Kingman. So I took advantage of the nice little path that I had in Havasu. Anyway, um, point being is I knew that I had a long run that I was going to have to do Saturday or Sunday. And I also knew that I was going to have a long drive back to California from Tucson on Sunday. And it's supposed to be about a seven-hour drive. But that's assuming there's no traffic and whatnot. And I don't know if you've ever driven that long. But to drive seven hours and then run, you know, three and a half or something hours... um, that could be tough. So I told myself mentally preparing myself that I was going to run the 20 miles on Saturday, which meant that Friday, whatever I did, you know, I couldn't really, not that I eat like shit. Cause you guys know me, I always eat very well when I'm on the road, but, um, you know, there's always room for a cheat meal at some point. But I knew I couldn't have it on Friday because I didn't want to affect my run on Sunday. So I had to do, and I got lucky because I thought, you know, normally when we do a comedy club, Friday and Saturday, we do two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. Some clubs make you do three fucking shows on Saturday. You know who you are, guys. Shame on you. But um, because of COVID, I guess, which actually kind of uh, pissed me off, but we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) Uh, there was only one show on Friday. And so, you know, it kind of sucked because I kind of, I wasn't told that ahead of time. And so in my mind, I knew that that meant that I was going to get less money, which is whatever. It's fine. But, and, but I also wouldn't have, wouldn't be able to sell merchandise after the show to that many people either. You know, that's one less show of, you know, the club, you know, they usually pack it out pretty well, unless there's like a big football game or something, um, or basketball game, because Arizona is usually pretty good in football or basketball. Um, there's usually uh, a lot of people there, you know, 150 or so. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, 150 people or so, or 200, whatever. That's that many people that I could possibly sell stuff to. So the fact that there was one less show where I could do that, you know, just like, fuck, man, that's going to be a little bit less money I'm going to make. But whatever. I was fine with going to bed earlier that night because I knew I had 20 miles to run on Saturday. And the thing about running any amount over, I don't know, let's say 10. I mean, for some people, any amount more than one, you know, it's hard. I get it. And 
as these runs get longer, you know, it becomes more of like like of a physical thing. It becomes less of a physical thing and more of a mental thing because you already know you're going to be in pain. Like you're running, you're hitting the pavement, and that's why um, I've been trying to eat really well. Yes, I get a cheat meal, I deserve it, but um, keeping my weight under a certain weight because I know that when I'm running, I feel it if I gain even like a pound, like I can feel the difference. So, you know, you know that when you're running that far, you're, you're, your feet are going to hurt, your knees are going to hurt, your joints, so your back, your neck, like, you know, as you start to get tired, your shoulders might slouch a little bit, or maybe your head kind of starts to lean forward, and, you know, over the course of, you know, 5, 6, 7, 10, 15 miles, like, it starts to take its toll, you know, but like I said, that's where it becomes more of a mental thing, is that, because it's like, yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable, you know, and we've talked about it. It's been a recurring theme on this show many times um, since I like to quote Tim Grover so much, but, you know, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. In this instance, we're talking about, you know, physicality, you know, and pursuing physical feats, but, you know, those same principles can be translated to, you know, to your career, you know, if you want to advance in a specific career, sometimes you got to be willing to do the shit work, right? Sometimes you have to be willing to do a show on a Wednesday night in Lake Havasu in front of six people in order to be able to one day perform at a sold out, I don't know, you know, Zany's Comedy Club in Chicago where your name's on the, on the marquee or you know, take it a step further, performing at the Wilbur Theater in Boston or performing at Madison Square Garden or, you know, all those things. Like, people see those things, they see that success, and I see it because it's like that is something I aspire to do, but they don't see the shit gigs that you had along the way. And honestly, it wasn't really a shit gig. Like, it was a nice venue, there just wasn't anybody there, but the six people that were there got my best performance like i think a lot of people and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna toot my own horn per se but like i think there are comics that at a certain point in their career would just kind of shit on the fact that there was nobody there um and uh you know it's very easy to perform in front of you know hundreds of people but the people that were at that show like they were there to have fun, and so I made sure I gave them my all. Like, yeah, like I worked some stuff out. You know, I kind of worked out a bit that I had never done on stage, but it wasn't because I was I had planned to rehearse it. It was just because when there's that few people there, even though I don't like to do, it's not that I don't like to do crowd work. I just don't like to lean on it because I write and prepare and do my material, but. Um, you know, when there's that few people there, you can't just sit there and recite your jokes and not assess the situation um, and not talk just to the, just talk to them. Like, you don't have to be as quote-unquote showy or whatever, like, or disingenuous. Like, just be in the moment. And so being in the moment led me to this bit that I have written and I haven't actually 
done on stage before, but I was like, fuck it, man. And it worked, you know, because I was in the moment and they appreciated the fact that I was in the moment and it probably seemed like I was just talking off the top of my head, which I was, but it was a bit that I had written and rehearsed in my head. It was just something that I hadn't done on stage yet. So anyway, the point being is, you know, like I said, it, it, it goes back to what I'm talking about with the 20 miles. It's like, mentally, it's like, okay, yeah, I know I got to run 20 miles. It's going to be hard, you know, but I have to push through it because this is going to make me stronger and more fit and more better. And I can know I'm working on, I, I'm overcoming obstacles. Hang on, you guys. I got to send this fucking text message out. Hang on. Um, you know, but I think there are a lot, I, not, I think, I know there are a lot of comics who under that situation probably wouldn't feel comfortable performing in front of six people and, you know, but like I said, I love it, man. You you guys have to remember, like, one, where I come from. You know, I came from not a lot. You know, I had a rough childhood. I lost my mom. I lost my dad, you know, a year ago, basically. to uh, My dad's been gone for a year now. And, uh, you know, I, I just all this, yeah, all the stuff that I've been through has prepared me for this career that I'm pursuing now, you know, where I have to deal with rejection and, you know, small crowds that maybe aren't as fun as the one that I had on Wednesday night, but, you know, or maybe they're not feeling me or maybe I get a heckler or maybe I get this and like, yeah, like sometimes it sucks, but like I have the thick skin to deal with all those things, but I also have the mental strength to push past things when I'm not comfortable um, you know, and that's where like, you know, when I, if I'm running 20 miles, you know, I know I'm going to be sore. I know it's going to hurt. I'm going through it and I could easily just be like, yeah, I'm going to walk. I'm not going to do this. And no one will know who's going to know who's going to know that I took the shortcut. Nobody, but I'm going to know. And I have to deal with that. And I was talking to this, I was talking to I was talking to some of my friends about this recently. I'm not going to name any names, but, you know, there's certain comedians that, I mean, pr probably just more than just comedians, probably actors too, that uh, they buy their followers, you know, they buy their followers so it looks like they have, you know, 20,000, 25,000 followers. And yeah, like maybe it looks cool, you know, you're maybe you're fooling people because they think that you're more famous than you are. You're not verified, so you're not really fooling a lot of people. Like, okay, you have 25,000 followers, but you're not verified. That's weird. Uh, but that's taking the easy way out. I don't want, you know, I have, I don't know, 3,300 followers or something on social. Um, I had about 1,200 or something on Twitter. But I got kicked off of Twitter, so now I'm starting over again. I have shit. You know, I have a few thousand on Facebook. Um, you know, I just started. I mean, I didn't just start YouTube, but I started. I've been 
I didn't always do YouTube, so I'm trying to build my YouTube and TikTok and just all those things, right? But I'm not going to buy followers. I'm going to earn them. You know, I mean, I have a lot, but they're mine. The people that follow me are my followers, you know? Um, and yeah, it's uncomfortable sometimes when you see, you know, people that are using that or this is something that I was also talking about. There's a lot of comedians that not a lot, but there are comedians who they have like these computer software things that they buy that like they can text message, you know, thousands and thousands of people and invite them to a and invite them to a comedy show or they can send an email out to thousands of people and you know, invite them to a show and pack a room out and you, they pay for that service and so you know, when they show up to the comedy club and there's a line and it's like, oh, sold out show. And it's like, I mean, yeah, like that's great. But like most of these people just got a random text message or email that they don't even know how they got their email. But they're like, yeah, I'll come to a free comedy show. And then on social, they're posting you like, oh, sold out show. I sold this out. And it's like, I mean, you did, but like. It was not like there's it's not like you're Joe Rogan and you posted that you had a show and they all came like if you're using a service that fucking, you know, sends a mass text or a mass email to thousands of people like you're not really selling out a show. You're, you're cheating the system, you know, same thing with you're buying your followers. You're cheating the system like maybe it works and you could blow smoke and mirrors at people. But like I'm fine with ascending at the level that I'm ascending. Would I like to ascend faster? Yeah, but I want to do it the right way. I want to earn it. I'm okay with where I'm at right now, okay? But as I'm running these 20 miles, it just you know, you think about a lot, man, because you're sitting there and it's just me and myself and I, and like I said, I could easily stop, I could easily walk, I could easily call an Uber and go back. And I actually ended up running out too far because I couldn't, I tried to map out the route, and I did for the most part, but I went a little bit too far, so um, I didn't, I, I finished about two miles away from uh, from where we were staying, so I, I had to walk the last, I, I ran the 20 miles, and then I had to push, not push, but like I had to walk the last two miles, which it was fine, you know, I should, I, it's good to walk a little bit after you run that far anyway to let the blood keep circulating, um, but the point is, is, you know, when you start running that far, your mind starts playing tricks on you and telling you that you can't do this, and, or you, it, you know, just, it starts playing tricks on you, it's, you start, you start, and you don't do it on purpose, but you kind of, there's a little voice that creeps in. And it's just like, hey, man, it'd be easy to take the easy way out. And, you know, I kind of get those voices, too, when it comes to, like, my pursuit of this craft, right? You know, when I see people get things and I don't get things. I mean, I get things, but, like, you know, I don't get big things like I want, you know. Uh, or, you know, like... I can trying to I'm trying to find the right words but it's just like I'm okay with the level that I'm at cuz I know that I'm working and I know that my time will come. And so in the marathon like I said as I'm running, 
and training, it's like I could stop and give up. And then as in my comedy, I'm like, I could stop and give up and, you know, go work at, you know, I was working, like I told you guys last year, you know, when I got the job at the furniture store, like I hated the job. I, I didn't hate the job. I just hated the fact that I needed to do it because I knew deep down I just wanted to be doing stand up. But I also knew that we were in a pandemic. So these were just things that I had to do for the moment, right? But like, it would have been re- not easy because then I, like I said, same thing. Like I would have to live with myself knowing that I took that route. Um, but it would have been really easy, metaphorically, to just be like, yeah, like I'm just going to work this job. I'll make six figures because I was... <laughs> I was good at selling furniture, I guess. They saw a lot of potential in me. Um, and, you know, making six figures and living in Oklahoma, you know, like I would have been balling, you know. But that's not where my heart was. And the same thing with like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to speak on it. But um, the company that I've been working for that I'm probably going to keep working for as I move out. I mean, I'll say it. Uh, <laughs> I've already mentioned them, but like the company Lifetime, um, I got the job. It's very really really nice fitness company, uh, gym I guess out in Oklahoma City. They're all over the country, and that was the job that I took after I left the furniture store. And you know, as a trainer, you know, which I enjoy doing still. I've been training for twenty years, and I love doing it. And it's a great company to work for. And if I wanted to go up, you know, the corporate ladder, like I could make a shitload of money. Um, but they know, and I know that that's not what I want to do forever. I, my career's in standup. That's what I've been working for. My whole point of working is just to keep making enough money so that I can continue to pursue what my dream is, which is standup. And I'm doing that and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with the progress that I'm making because I know I'm making the progress. I'm about to submit to this thing for HBO. And I mean, maybe I won't get it. But they know who I am. You know, there's... uh, I went to this HBO event. I think I told you guys last week, but... um, I went to this HBO event, and... Now one of the execs there is following me. And I have friends there at the network now. And so, you know, people... At HBO know who I am. And my comedy, as you guys all know... I mean, maybe you don't know, but it's... It's getting better. I've been coming stronger and stronger as a comic. So, I mean, maybe it's a dream. It's not, though. I have a legitimate shot of ultimately getting a special on HBO. You know, more so than I have a shot of getting it, like, on Netflix or something, because I don't really know anybody. I mean, I know some low-level people there. I don't know anybody at Showtime. You know, I don't know any of those people. So, like... For me, the best connections I have are at HBO, and then I have another network that I know somebody that has already asked me to show him a copy of my special when it's, you know, when it's done being edited and whatnot. So it's like, I'm making connections, and uh, it's just, I'm I'm, I'm only going to get better. So like, I just know that those things are going to come, and, but like... Like I said, I also need to keep money coming in consistently until I get to that point. Um, And they know that at Lifetime. And so, 
I'm kind of waiting to see. That's why I, I don't know. Some things are still up in the air as far as like where I'm going to live and stuff. But I may end up living in the OC, which is crazy. But you know, we'll we'll, we'll worry about that later. Uh, I finally saw the first rough cut of my special that I filmed a few weeks ago out in Oklahoma, and it looks amazing. Um, I messed up on it a little bit, and since we only did one show, there's nothing I could really do. I can't fix it with a better cut, like of a a better cut of the bit. That's why it's always good. You know, when you're famous, a lot of famous people, they shoot two or three or four specials so that if they mess up, they, it's, there's no pressure. So, but when you know that you only have one, there's a little bit of pressure. And the thing is, is like, I didn't realize in the moment that I had messed up a couple things. It wasn't until afterwards that I was like, fuck, dude. And so I couldn't go back at that point. Like, if I would have remembered in the moment, you know that I could have stopped and been like, hey, let me do that again. I messed up. And they would have been fine with it, you know, but I forgot. <coughs> or not, I didn't forget, but I didn't realize at the time. But honestly, you guys, when you guys see it, I don't think you guys will even know where I messed up because you don't really know the bits that I messed up on. But I will know, so it's going to bother me. And it's kind of like, you know, I compare myself to Kobe Bryant in this moment. Like, you know, Everybody sees him score 40 points and get, you know, 12 rebounds and 10 assists and whatever. But he's going to remember that one layup that he missed or that free throw that he missed. And that's what's going to eat up at him. So, you know, you can watch a special and see all the good jokes. But I'm going to be the one that has to internalize like, fuck, I messed up that one punchline, that one setup. I messed like I messed it. I, the wording was a little bit off here. But anyway, um. I'm fine with that, you know? But anyway, so I ran 20 miles. It fucking sucked. I did it, though, and I'm stronger for it. And now here we are a little bit more than two weeks now away from another marathon, the L.A. Marathon, which if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know, I'm excited to be there running with my fellow Latino media all-star runners, Nick Valencia. And I don't know if Beto Duran is running with us or not, even though he's one of the co-founders of the group. Um, But I know there's going to be some other runners there. Um, that I'll get to meet, which is exciting. But, you know, my timeline was always, you know, be back in L.A. in time for the playoffs, which I am. Got to go to a couple games. Hopefully, when you guys hear this, the Dodgers will still be alive. <laughs> Fuck, man. I hope, I think they will be. I don't know if they can pull it out. I'm just being honest. I know this isn't my Dodger podcast, but if there's a team that could do it, it's them. You know, but they got to win game five and... I think they can. I think they will. But, you know, it's baseball, man. You just never know. Um, anyway, um, but it was also my, always my plan to move back, but, like, to be back, especially now, to be here for the playoffs. And I'm so glad that I was. It was just amazing. Um, but also, like, to run the LA Marathon, which is kind of like a stamp of, like, yo, like, I'm back in my city. I'm home. You know, what better way to prove to the world that I'm home than to fucking run across the whole city. We start at Dodger Stadium and we go across Hollywood, Beverly Hills, and we finish in Santa Monica. Like, let's fucking go, dude. You know, I'm excited. You know, will I die? Probably. <laughs> Not die, like, like literally, but like, will my body be fucked up? Yeah, but like, even after running 20 miles, like, my legs are sore, but 
I'm much better off than when I ran my first marathon, which would have been uh, 04. Um, I've, or no, I guess that was 05, huh? Yeah, I started training for it in 04, but I didn't run it till 05, yeah. So, you know, 16 years after my first marathon, here I am, 16 years older, and I'm doing better than, you know, than I was then. So, um, you know, let's fucking do it, man. I'm excited. Uh, it's not easy, but, you know, if I could push myself, you know, I know you, you guys can. Whatever your goals are, you don't have to run a marathon. Start with the 5K, you know, start with walking, start with this. I, and this goes for running or literally anything, you know. Start with little small goals and then work your way up to the bigger ones. If I can do it, you can do it. You know, that's what this podcast is all about. And if you guys are, you know, I love when people are at the gym or doing something and they tag me. Like, I fucking love that shit, dude. Like, as cliche as it sounds, my goal is to just motivate one person, you know, every day or even period. If throughout this whole thing of me posting workout videos and posting my podcast and all these things, if I've motivated and inspired one person to take better care of themselves and maybe they lose weight or maybe they just feel better or feel like they look sexier in their pants or whatever it might be, man, then then that makes me feel good because that means that I'm using my platform to inspire people and that's all I've ever wanted to do is inspire people, motivate them, and encourage them to just go after their dreams as I'm doing and to be the best, healthiest versions of themselves. So, um, with that being said, this has been The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I've got some shows coming up, but don't even worry about it, man. I'll post them when you guys see them. Um, this has been The Camera Adds 10 Pounds. I will see you guys next time. Bye.